You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at banner.church. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on, so hopefully uh, you're ready for a good morning. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to see you. What's up, Ruben? Uh, hey, there's a calendar you'll see on the wall and also on the, the wall as you go out, and it has a bunch of different dates as well as you should have gotten a calendar when you came in, so please follow that. I wanted to show you guys a couple pictures. I'll show you the videos next week, uh, but we uh, want to just always show you what the generosity of the church is doing, so I'll show you some. We have some from Thailand and some ministry that we're doing there as well, uh, and then here is some from what I'm like legally allowed, or what I'm allowed to say is the Himalayas, but I hope you guys all know where that is. If not, Google it. Uh, but this is a church that we uh, helped plant as Banner, like right, really right before we kind of did the whole relaunch. It was kind of in this really unique period of time. And uh, pastors Dana and Bridget, who were the pastors here uh, previously, the founding pastors of the church, they sent me these photos because they went and visited the church. And this is a, a church called Nisi. They didn't know our name because they were planted before us. And if you know, Yahweh Nisi means the Lord is my banner. So Nisi means banner. They called it banner, which is a bold move because they picked Nisi, which is not a, I got to keep saying Himalayan. I keep wanting to say the other word, but, you know, we have to be careful. <laughs> um, but this church is so amazing because the pastor of the church and his family were actually uh, really under threat of death, and we're considering closing the church down completely. And the earthquake that hit a couple years ago, I don't know if you guys remember that, there seems to be an earthquake all the time hit, and the church building was one of the few buildings that was structurally sound that you could live in. And so they invited all the people from that, that didn't have a place to live to come live in the church building, and the pastor went from potentially executed to like a staple of the community, and the church grew to 200 people. So I'll play the video next week. We got a couple videos of the of worshiping, but this is the worship service. One, this is one of them. This is one of their smaller buildings. There's another one where all the churches come together, and there's like a thousand people there. The church movement there has about 4,000 people now moving through it. Uh, it's really amazing. So I just want to let you guys know when you're like, okay, what, what does generosity mean? That it's not just here, it's all around the world. We have some uh, ministry they just did in the, in the train yard in Bangkok. If you've been to Bangkok and you've seen the train yard, then you know it needs ministry. We have seen it. Trust me, it needs ministry. And uh, really some incredible stuff. So we just want to pray. Can we praise God for what he's doing around the world? It's awesome. That's pretty cool. So that's able to happen because, obviously, it's, it's a move of God, but we partner together with our generosity, and God takes it and multiplies it, right? Like, like we, I, I can't go there and do that. I can't turn an earthquake into a movement of God. But God, you, you use something that was, that was devastating, and he can, he can still bring hope and life and freedom in those things. So it's pretty cool. But today we're going to be launching into our series called 2020 Vision. You'll see it kind of around and it's also uh, the beginning of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want to tell you, if you have questions, as we've been talking about it, we have a guide to 21 days of prayer and fasting that's available in the back. And it has kind of a list of things like what is fasting, what are the different ways to fast, because there's more than one way to fast, uh, all of the biblical scripture that supports it, how to prepare in fasting, preparing your heart, preparing your body, um, all these kind of things, that's available here, or... If you go online to banner.church slash 21 days, 
or, or you can go to thebannerchurch.com slash 21 days. Whatever floats your boat, they'll both lead you there. And this little guide is online, and you can download it. So if you have questions that don't get answered, you can come talk to us. We'd love to talk with you about it. Uh, and if, if you just want to, like, take it home, read it, there's, like, some people are doing the Daniel Fest. So I included, like, what is that if you keep hearing about that? What does that include or not include? So that's all in there. There's some in the back that are available and then some online. But I'm, I'm really excited this series. And the whole point of this series, 2020 vision, 2020 vision is like standard vision. It means you, you see clearly. Like 2010, I mean, I wasn't a lead pastor in 2010, so else I would have done this. That's like amazing vision. <laughs> 2020 means good, it's good vision, right? It means you can see clearly. And for us, we desire in 2020 for everyone to be able to clearly see heading into the year. And so as, as people, as a church, we want clarity and wisdom. We want to be in alignment with God and what he's doing. And we really want to hunger for more. We're going to talk about stepping more into the calling in our life, preparing the heart of the church, and really drawing closer as also as a body. So not only having vision to reach out, but to reach in more too. And so 2020, and I really believe January is going to be a key time. And I want to begin it by reading a scripture uh, over us, and we're going to study the scripture together this morning. So if you brought your Bible, go ahead and open to Psalm 63. The words will be on the screen, and, and I'm going I'm to read that this morning. It says this, Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. It says, but those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. You're like, man, I got really intense there at the end. We'll get there, trust me. But let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. God, we thank you that you are with us this morning. And I pray that as we walk through the scripture, I pray you would speak to our heart, God, that you would renew, restore, and transform this morning. And all God's people said, amen. I want to talk about fasting from a different perspective today. And if you've never heard about fasting, I hope that this will give you some fresh and new perspective. And uh, fasting, we, we defined it last week, and I was explaining it last week, as abstaining from food or drink for a certain period of time. Uh, and that, that's a, like, very hard line definition. A lot of people come up and say, well, you know what, can I do this with a fast? I got a, you know, a, a wedding, or I got an event, or I'm going to be out of town, I got to do this. And I want you to hear, in everything I'm sharing here today, this is between you and the Lord. And as God directs, you follow. You with me? So I'm not telling you how to, what to do. I'm just going to read you the scripture. And as God directs you, my hope is that that would affect how you're led in fasting. This is not about like some like religious uh, merit badge or like whatever those brownies patches that you get. This is, uh, this is just you and the Lord. 
But I want to talk about it in a different way. I want to talk about hunger. Psalm 63 uses the phrase richest of foods. I, if I'm going to be honest, I ate too much rich food this holiday season. Anyone with me? I think, like, a lot of people are on that jam, which is why, like, we, uh, Dave and I have been going to the gym in the mornings. And, like, specifically, I've just been, like, kind of not wanting to go this week because it's going to be packed with a bunch of people using, like, all of the machines in the most extreme and unconventional way. And I, and I only have an hour, so I got to, like, just really get it in. And, and, but in this time of year, a lot of people have eaten the rich food, right? And so everyone's diet's kind of gone lost. And so everyone at the beginning of the year, a lot of people, it's like, I got to get on it. I got my resolution. And it's always the interesting thing of food because there's this balance in food, right? Because too much food makes us gluttons. And, right, food was created to give us pleasure, right? Like God made it, and, and it brings us pleasure, but too much food makes us gluttons. Too little food makes us hungry, right? There's a balance when it comes to food, the right amount, the right kind, all of these things. But I think it's so interesting how often culturally like, we live out of balance with food. I know I did this year, like especially at Christmas and Christmas cookies. I lived out of balance with Christmas cookies. But I also think when we swing it the other way, it's interesting. Like, be honest, you know, this would never be your spouse, but maybe you, you'll be honest. Does anyone transform when you're hungry? Here's like, transform into the form of a furious mom. Like, whatever your form is, like, when you get hungry, you go from, like, the sweetest person to just the hangriest. Like, you could rip a car in half. Those commercials that really get us are the Snickers one. Like, you're not yourself when you're, a Snick- when, when you're hungry, and so then they eat, and then there's someone normal. You're not yourself when you're a Snickers. Close enough. But I think there's something about us in hunger. Hey, like, we change when we're hungry. We get angry when we're hungry. We get upset when we're hungry. Why? Because hunger is so intrinsic to who we are as people, right? Like, when you were born, one of the first things you did was probably cry because you were cold and because you were hungry. And then you have spent every day the rest of your life making sure those two things don't happen again. Right? And, and so much of us is tied into this hunger as people. We're hunger. That, I think that's why fasting is such a difficult thing. Because eventually you're going to get hungry. Right? Like you can abstain from a lot of things. You can, you can put a lot of things aside. But eventually your body will say, we are hungry. Let's rip a car in half. Right? Like you will get hangry at some point. There's something intrinsic about us in our personhood when it comes to food because it sustains our life, because it's important to us, the right kind of food is important to us. But there's a special relationship between hunger and fasting. And I think what's interesting about fasting as a a discipline, what's interesting about fasting as as a church and, and scripturally is we often see fasting as going hungry when it's not really, it, it's not about not eating. It's not about not being filled. It's not about being drained. It's not, fasting is not just some tool for the monks or like those really spiritual Christians that come to all the worship nights. Like fasting is not just reserved for some like extra spiritual nuns on a mountaintop in Switzerland. And yet a lot of the way we attach it is it's like a hunger strike. Like if I go long enough hungry and hangry and angry and upset, then God is going to do something in my life. God's going to reward me because I've suffered. But that's not how love works. Love does not reward, you know, just saying like, oh, well, good. Well, you didn't eat burritos for a week and a half. Now I'm going to move in your life. 
But so often, that's what we think. It's about, I'm going to give this up. Well, I have to give this up. Well, I can't give this up because I have this thing coming. We think it's all about going hungry. But I want to introduce an idea that, that we've introduced every time about fasting, and it's this. is Fasting is not about going hungry. Fasting is feasting. If you like to take notes, it's helpful. It's good for your brain. It moves it past your temporary memory and into a long-term memory. Fasting is feasting would be a good thing to write down. Because all throughout Scripture, we see that fasting is not simply about just not eating. Fasting, as we're sharing here, is not about uh, uh, just not eating food. There's more love associated than that, right, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, it's interesting. When you read the Old Testament and you read uh, in Isaiah, and we'll read Isaiah 58 in a second. When you read Isaiah, what you see is that the Israelites thought it was all about what you, what you had to give up. All oh, the church is doing the thing. I got to give this up. I got to look sad. I got to look angsty. They thought, you know, if I punish my body, God's going to do something. If I look really depressed, if I take, they would take ash and put it on themselves. I mean, that's really, that's really going over the top, right? They would put sackcloth on. They would do all these things. And God responds. And I want to read that together here. Uh, in Isaiah 58. If you've got your Bibles, just jump over. Make a short jump. Isaiah 58. And the, and the, on the screen it's going to start in 6, but I'm going to start a little earlier in 3 because I changed my mind. And it says this, why have we fasted? It says, you say, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and fight, that's called being hangry, and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? And then here's where we are together, verse 6. Is not this the fast that I choose? This is God speaking. To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and to not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear God. Your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Let's just stop right there. See, God is, is, saying about, is not saying about fasting. If you go hungry and you look sad, they would, they would put sackcloth down in ashes and they would lay in it. And it was very dramatic. And he said, listen, that's not the kind of fasting that I'm looking for. I'm not looking for drama. I'm not looking for appeasement. I'm not looking for you to be in pain. God's saying it's about seeking me and seeking what I love. What's the point of not eating if you just live life the same way? If you just love the same way? If you just press into God the same way? If you just treat others the same way? If you just have the same level of mercy? You know what that's called? That's called a hyper-spiritual diet. Where you have said, what I really want to do is shed some pounds, but I'm going to do it under the guise of God. So if anybody invites me out, I don't feel bad telling them I'm not going to go. Right? But, but God's saying, listen, fasting isn't about denying yourself for pain. It's about satisfying yourself in God. 
It's not about hurting yourself. It's not a hunger strike for the city. It's not dieting for a summer body. It's not starving for personal identity. It's e even pagan religions fast to, to get into a trance state, to, to mess with consciousness and, and to drink ayahuasca or peyote and get into a place where, where they encounter what, what's understood as deities and all these things where, where it gets really weird and, and crazy. That's not the point is to, to get in this weird state focused on yourself. What it is is it's saying, listen, I'm going to deny myself, but I'm going to satisfy myself in God. Fasting is about feasting on God. Let me give you a mantra for 2020. Less of me and more of you, God. Right? That is what we see in Scripture. John says, I got to become less so he can become more. Less of me, more of you. And that's because fasting is motivated by desire. Fasting is about desire. It's not suppressing the desire. This is the thing that, that we get so wrong when it comes uh, to the Lord, when it comes to Scripture, when it comes to spiritual disciplines. Is we say, oh, there's all these things that God is telling me that I can't do and can't do and can't do. This is not what God is saying with fasting. God is saying, listen, it's not about suppressing your desire. It's about getting the right desire. And releasing the right desire and releasing it off of these temporary things, these fleshly things and focusing it on God because fasting is passionate pursuit. This is what's so different than the way we understand it. It was like it's some kind of slavery to some harsh diet of isolation. But really fasting is pursuing God fully. When Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 to pursue spiritual gifts, fasting is one of the ways that we pursue and we fast because there's a deep desire in us for more. There's a hunger in us for more. In 2020, get the hunger inside of you for more. More of God. More eternity, of, of eternity, or, or an eternal perspective is a better way of saying it. More of the spirit. He's given us the spirit, but we're not functioning in the fullness of it. Why? More of him, less of us. More revival. More breakthrough. More of his love. So I, I, I submit my desire for food, and I'm pursuing a deeper desire with eternal value. I'm making a temporary sacrifice with eternal significance. That's why we say fasting is feasting. I've heard it said it's about feeding on the fullness of every divine blessing secured for us in Christ. And this is why it's important when you fast. Um, I think if you spend all your time fasting thinking about what am I going to give up? Am I going to do um, a Jewish fast that, that was from sunup to sundown? Am I going to do a partial fast? I'm going to give up certain things. Am I going to do a, a full fast? There's people that did just water for 21 days. Uh, am I going to do a Daniel fast, which is a specific kind of fast in Scripture? Am I going to do some people cannot fast food, fast food because of doctor's orders, so they do what's called a soul fast where they, you know, give us something personal or, or whatever it might be. If you spend all your time focusing on that, but not what you're feasting on, not what you're pursuing, not what, how you're going to press in, not what time you're going to spend with the Lord, then we kind of missed it a little bit. Because it's not about what we're not consuming or what we are consuming. What you consume in a fast is the most crucial. What are you going to eat spiritually in 2020 that will make you have better clarity and wisdom? What are you going to feast on in 2020 that will better sustain your spiritual health in 2020? Some of you, breakthrough is as simple as you got to make better decisions in your life. 
But that's not going to come through human wisdom. It's going to come through supernatural wisdom. It's going to come through discipline. It's going to come through repentance. It's going to come through surrender. But that starts by feasting on the right thing, by prioritizing the right thing. Isaiah 58, God tells us right in that scripture, that's great you're not eating, but what are you consuming instead? Justice? Mercy? Wouldn't it be a shame if a whole church fasted and yet drove by hundreds of needy people and went to work with thousands of needy people who needed to know the gospel and yet felt like somehow we would then walk into a church fasting and believing for breakthrough and yet miss Monday through Saturday the breakthrough that God is providing us? What are we feasting on? Fasting is about ingesting. It's about consuming the word of God, the beauty of God, the presence of God, the blessing of God. Why do we do this Sunday night worship nights? Is it just because we want to sing a bunch of songs? It's only for song singing people? Like, no. It's because we desire to be intentional about the time we spend pressing into God. Because life is busy. And our flesh is real strong. And, I, and I'm pretty deeply selfish. And so I have to be intentional about pushing myself to those experiences. People say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, yeah, duh, because you're a human being. You feel like doing what you want to do. Guess who else feels that way? Me. I want to do what I want to do. I, I push myself to spiritual disciplines. You know what? I want to keep all my money. <laughs> right? You know what? I want to keep all my time. You know what? I want to do whatever the heck I want to do. But I choose to sacrifice in the earthly, in the flesh, because I desire something greater through God. Some of us, breakthrough is going to happen here this year before it happens here. You're praying out here wondering why it doesn't happen, why everything is in a cycle. Because you need breakthrough here before you have breakthrough out there. What you consume is the most crucial. See, I like fasting because it's about spiritual indulgence. It's about giving up food, not for its own sake but for Christ's sake. And we say to the hunger inside ourselves, I submit that and I pursue God. Because you could go 21 days and just be hungry and angry. <laughs> Nothing will change. But God, we say, God, I have a desire for more of you. Jump back with me if you would, if you have your Bible. Jump back to Psalm 63, verse 1 through 6. It says this. Let's read that again. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. Now, now, David is writing this psalm while he's in the wilderness. Another name for the wilderness is really brutal desert, right? He is in, just he, he's out in the superstitions uh, being chased because someone wants to kill him. So just try to picture in your mind, uh, Governor Ducey decides he wants to murder you because you're getting, I don't know, too successful. And he's chased you now into the superstition wilderness. And you're like, okay, God, thought you had a vision for my life. Uh, what the heck? This is what he's right. So God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there was no water. I wonder where he got that metaphor. Probably because he's literally in a dry and weary land where there's no water. It says, so I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. And because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. That's his response to spending time with God. And he says, so I will bless you as long as I live. Remember, he's still in a cave, still being pursued, still in the wilderness. He says, in your name, I will lift up my hands. Still in a bad situation, something that was not his fault, still being pursued. He says, I will lift up my hands. Verse 5 says, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed. I 
love it because he uses this metaphor because I'm sure he was hungry and thirsty. I'm sure uh, he, he's obviously in a difficult place, in a difficult situation. David kind of has a life where he's in the palace, then he's kicked out, then he's back. You know, he, he's in this really unique life cycle. But when David hungers and thirsts, he thirsts and hungers for God. And he says, my soul will be satisfied. And it's important in using the food metaphor and, and all about fasting and, and a clarification is fasting is not saying that food is bad, but that God is better. Right? This is important. Like, we are not anti-food. You could look at me and tell I, I'm not anti-food. Right? <laughs> like, I eat food too much probably. And it, it's not saying that food is bad. God made food, but that God is better. It's not a rejection of food as if food was some evil thing we got to break our hold of. But it's kind of like this, fasting makes us love the giver more than the gift. If I, if I make my daughter uh, a meal, it's something good, and I like doing it. I like cooking. I like making food. And so if I make her food, I love that. But if she ignores me the whole rest of her life, except for that one very specific moment when I cook for her, I feel like I'm not going to love her any less, but she's missing out on the relationship we could have. Because, like, I love her. I want to spend time with her. But if she only comes around when she needs something, of course, I love her. I want to I bless her. She's my daughter. I care for her. And I'm, I'm imperfect. And God tells us he's perfect. I'm imperfect. And I still want to bless and love her. But if she only comes around when she's hungry, she's going to miss that relationship. And if she's sitting in her room, away from me, separated from me by her choice, and then goes, man, I just wish I was around my dad, I'd be in the kitchen like, girl, what? I have not moved. You keep changing. You keep moving. You keep leaving. I'm here. Fasting helps our mind go, man, I love the giver more than the gift. Food is great, but, but I love the God who created everything. David says, when I encounter more of God, it's like eating the rich food. It satisfies my soul. Some of us, 2020, you need your soul to be satisfied. You need rest in your soul. The Father is greater than the food. And I think in our life, we have so many things we hunger for. So many things we prioritize, goals, leisure, pleasure, finance, self-image, identity. And it's real stuff, right, like food, shelter, provision, right, all our life. And this is important because fasting is not saying those things are evil. Like fasting is not saying job success is evil. Like be bad at your job, that's going to make you a better Christian. No, like fasting is not saying that. It's saying that I want to seek first God in all things because here's what happens. When I seek all those other things first, you know what I get? Worry. Anxiety. It says, how will I ever measure up? How will I ever overcome? How will I be enough? How will we ever get this? And yet Matthew 6.31 says, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom. Someone say kingdom. Of God and his righteousness. Someone say Righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. This is what's important. It's not that any of these things are bad. They're, they're, they're good things. Food is good. Your job is good, right? Taking vacations and rest and Sabbath, all these things are very important. But what comes first? What's the first thing you want to see? What's the first goal you made in 2020? Was it to lose 20 pounds or was it to grow deeper in connection with the Lord? What was the first one you made if you were really honest with yourself? What comes first? Is it the kingdom of God? And remember, fasting doesn't change God, it changes me. And that's the point. See, when I say we want more of God, this is so important. We say, God, we want more of your spirit. We want more. What we're not saying is there's some, like, 
there's some untapped potential in heaven that we've not tapped into yet. What we're saying is right here, because of my pride, I, I am the limiter. And what I want to do is I want to surrender all of me. I'm not saying that food's bad. I'm not saying that all these things are bad. I'm not saying that good self-image is bad. But I want to surrender my pride. I want to surrender my sin, myself, my desire to be God. I'm going to lay that down so that the Holy Spirit can move freely. I want to be a part of what he's doing. I want to see breakthrough in lives. I want to see freedom continually. And every time we do fasting, that's what we see. Because as people change here, God changes things out here. And that's the formula that continues. It restores this closeness because it's all about God. This is important. If you are going to be a part of the 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're going to start your 2020 in this way. Fasting is and must be motivated by a desire to glorify God. That's the primary. That's the focus. The goal of fasting is I desire to have less of me and more of God. To surrender, to repent, to lay down myself and have more of who God is. The glory is from him, the glory is in him, and the glory is for him. I'm going to invite the band up this morning. Last week I shared about Matthew 6, 16. And in it, Jesus says, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites who cover themselves and make a big deal and cover themselves with ash and lay down. And they've already received their reward, right? And some people have asked, oh, does that mean we only fast in private? And, and I want to just clarify real quick before, before we close that there's a difference between being seen fasting and fasting to be seen. These are, these are the differences. It's kind of like how there's a difference between being judgmental and having good judgment. Sometimes we get confused on terms. But there's a difference between fasting to be seen and being seen fasting. We fast together. Acts 13, the church fasted and prayed for breakthrough together. But they weren't fasting to be seen. They were fasting to glorify God. Go back to the main idea. Fasting is feasting. Feasting on what? God. How do we do that? We, we spend time with him. We press deeper into him. We surrender more of ourselves. For whose glory? God's. Who rewards, according to Matthew 6? God. See, we don't fast for a reward, but we pursue God. He gives us a reward. I'll give you one guess. What is the reward that we receive from him? More of him. So fasting is feasting on God for God's glory, rewarded by God with more of God. <laughs> it's like that Sunday school answer, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. God always responds to fasting, a true heart that pursues him by giving more of himself and more of the blessings secured in Christ. When we fast, we encounter a strength that comes from him. I talked about that last week with Jesus fasting in the desert. If Jesus fasted to resist temptation, it might be a good idea for us. I'm just saying. Some of us, we just go through this cycle of sin over and over and we can't break it. We wonder why. Then we look at Jesus and he fasted and we're like, I don't know, man. I don't know how that's supposed to work. I mean, it couldn't hurt. <laughs> when we fast, we receive clarity and direction from the Holy Spirit. Like I just said in Acts 13, they're like, God, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? How are we supposed to send? Rather than just resting on our feelings, which are super crucial, we want to make sure that all of our feelings, all of our emotions are in alignment with what God wants to do so that we have clarity and wisdom. Because your feelings come from the Lord, but you also have people interpret what's happening. Are you with me? It's really important. The way you feel heading into 2020 is important. When we fast, we get 
a weapon for spiritual warfare. Jesus fasted to resist temptation. All kinds of people have fasted in preparation for what God wants to do. But I think heading into 21 days, I want to encourage you to change your thinking this morning. To not about fasting is what I got to give up, but what I'm receiving. Fasting is feasting on God. What am I going to feast on in 2020? Let me give you an earthly to a spiritual connection here. If you fast on Twinkies all of 2020, there will be a direct result in your life. The way you feel, act, live, feel again. <laughs> right? The same is true with your spirit. See, spiritually, it's all in you, in your mind. It's all within you. So if you consume spiritual garbage for a whole year, get, you will feel like spiritual garbage. But if you consume the goodness and the word and time in his presence, that regardless of circumstance, you will be strong because of who you are. And that changes our thinking. Why do people who go into war eat healthy? Because they want to be prepared for what's going to come. There might be all kinds of things that in 2020 we don't know what's going to come your way. But do you want to be ready and prepared and walking in the authority that comes from him? You want to be feasting on him. God promises us. He says, then you will call on me and come pray and I will listen to you when you seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I invite you to stand with me this morning. Why don't you just close your eyes with me? Regardless of if you've made that commitment to begin fasting, we're beginning tomorrow. The worship night tonight kind of kicks the whole thing off. We're beginning tomorrow, going through 26 days. If you could do one day, 21 days, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is, I just encourage you. But maybe you're still thinking of it. Regardless, this moment is a moment as we begin 2020 and seek 2020 vision, the clarity heading into the new year. Where we as a church and we as people are saying, God, would you stir up a hunger in me? hunger for more of you, for more of your word, for greater devotion for you, God, for greater affirmation of faith, for greater clarity, God, and whether I, I, I need to know, you know, you in my life, if, if you're real or not in my life, whatever that may be, fasting says stir up a hunger in me, and my prayer this morning is like never before, God, would stir up a hunger in your heart for his kingdom, for his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this morning, if that's you in this place, you're saying, I want to feast on the Lord this morning, this year. I want to start 2020, not pursuing all these other things, not putting him second and then wondering why he's not leading my life first. But I want to begin by putting Christ first in my life, by declaring that over my life and saying, God, you know what? I choose to, to pursue you, but God, I need you to stir up a hunger in me. I, I'm self-reflective enough to know that, Holy Spirit, you need to stir that up in me. You need to stir up a hunger for more of the Lord. If that's you and you're just saying, every eye closed, I just want to pray with you this morning. We're not, we're not going to end with the, with the coming forward, but just by a response, wherever you are, if you're saying in this moment, God, would you stir up a hunger in me in 2020 for more of you? Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray with you this morning. God, stir up a hunger in me. Stir up a hunger in me. 
Let's pray together. And as I pray with your hands raised, you're just in a posture of receiving. This is you and the Lord. You say whatever you want to God right now. I'm just going to pray over you. And I pray that you would just begin in this moment by the power of the Holy Spirit to feel that hunger stir up. Some of you in this moment, you are going to need to pray, God, I repent of what has separated me, what I have allowed to come between me and you. Repentance brings freedom. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. And as you do, I believe the Holy Spirit, even in that moment, is going to be able to stir up a hunger in you for more, more of God this morning. God, I pray, let's pray together. God, I pray this morning for every person whose hand is raised or is lifting up in their heart. God, declaring over their life, God, that we want to hunger more for you than ever before in 2020. God, I pray you would stir up a hunger. God, that we would become less and you would become greater. That our pride would become less and you would become greater. God, I pray over every single person who's declaring today, God, I desire a hunger, Lord. If there is something in our heart that we need to repent and surrender, God, we lay at your feet. We lay at the foot of the cross and say, God, we give it fully to you. Whatever that might be, if it's bitterness, if it's things we've held on from the past. God, if it's reoccurring sin in our life, lust or greed or envy, God, we lay at your feet. A spirit of offense, we lay at your feet. And God, I pray right now in this place, would you stir up a hunger for more of you. Would you stir up a fire that just burns for you, God, that desires to be nearer to you, God. And I know there's so many things that that people are praying breakthrough in their life, but I pray that it would start within our hearts, that it would start within us, God, that we would desire to feast on you, to press into you, to spend time in your word, to dive deeper into you, God, than ever before. So God, right now, within every person, stir up a hunger. God, I pray for those that are vacillating back and forth, whether or not they're gonna be a part of fasting, God, because they're coming up with every excuse and reason why they can't give this up and can't give this up and can't do this, God, I pray you would Stir within them a desire to be nearer to you, God, and that we would reject the constant nagging of our worldly temporary benefits and we would instead press into the eternal glories that come through you, God. That not only in this life, but for all eternity, God, that you came to not only be with us now, but for all of eternity that we might be together in heaven. So God, give us an eternal perspective and an eternal hunger, Lord, that we might see you and we might know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All God's people said? Amen. Amen, amen. Can we just end by worshiping and declaring the goodness of God this morning over this church?